0: all right y'all ready now huh there we go there we go well good morning brothers and sisters my name is marcel hall and uh have the honor and privilege to serve in the uh full-time ministry here in orange county uh, me and my wife have been here now over six years, which is pretty crazy to think about for those who were already here when we, uh, when we moved here. And uh, we are grateful to be here in Orange County and grateful for this time to worship with you this morning. Amen. And so uh, go ahead and tell the person to your right and your left, I'm so happy you are here. Amen. Amen. And so I know we are going to resume our... Kids' Kingdom classes, that's our child uh, classes, and we're going to resume those next week, so I know we still have uh, some kids here in the audience, and so we do have the word of the day, Desiree, this is for you, all right, and so uh, identity, the word is identity, all right, so Desiree, I want to hear how many times I said the word identity, okay, all right, so we have uh, started the year here talking about uh, belonging. And believing and becoming and uh, we we are going to and have uh, thoroughly looked at in the scriptures this idea of belonging to God and so we have uh, looked at a couple of things here so far and so we're going to continue we talked about how we belong to God because we are God's creation And then we talked about last week how uh, we belong for a relationship. And so he created us. He created us to belong. And to belong to what? To his spiritual eternal family. And so we're going to continue looking at this idea again, the ramifications of what it means to belong to God. Because as already, as we have seen so many ramifications for our lives our view of the world our relationships and today we will be talking about our true identity our true identity let's go ahead and let's pray father we are humbled and grateful to come to you in the name of jesus Father, we have heard some encouraging words. We have remembered and reflected on your goodness, and we have sang to you. We have had a chance to encourage one another. God, it has been rich already. And Father, we know that this time of experiencing you, of giving to you, and giving to one another is not done yet. And God, I pray that your spirit crowds out all distractions Father, I pray that your spirit opens our hearts and our minds for you to minister to us. And God, I pray right now that your word, your word is spoken. And God, that we can all come away with a greater or maybe a new appreciation of who we are, who we are and who we are created to become. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Who are you? Who are you? In fact, go ahead and do this. I know you know the person to your right and to your left, but let's say you had to introduce yourself and go ahead and introduce yourself to the person to your right or to your left. All right, go ahead and do this right now for me. Those are online. You can go ahead and type type in the chat as well. Introduce yourself. all right ten more seconds all right let's go ahead here you know what let's get a couple people to introduce themselves all right let's get a couple people to go ahead and introduce themselves Sir, excuse me, with the glasses on, can you please stand up? Yes, you. You know I'm talking to you. All right, please introduce yourself. You can look out to the crowd here. Introduce yourself. All right. He said his name is Miguel Cabrera. There's also a famous baseball player named Miguel He said he's not him. Just in case if you were confused, that's not him. And that he's, uh, he's at Cal State Fullerton closing out here. I think he's actually, this is last semester. Come on, last semester, amen. And he's also a faithful mentor in our family ministry. Particularly, we call them teen leaders with our high school students. Okay, there you go. And I think you said you're 25, right? Is that what you said? All right, there you go. All right, let's get somebody else. Introduce yourself here, all right? Let's get a college student here. All right, another college student. All right, let's get another college student. Let's get uh let's get one of the lovely ladies here. There you go. All right. Yes, no, not not Donna, not you. All right, I'm going person behind you. All right, there you go. All right, Lexi, 19-year-old Cal State Fullerton, and she's a disciple of the Lord Jesus and an older sister. Wow, she's proud to be an older sister. I have yet to meet anybody who introduces themselves as an older brother, older sister. There you go. I've actually known Lexi for a long time. Her mother was in our wedding. So that's kind of crazy there for me to be this old and her in college. All right, here we go. Let's go one more here. Let's go one more. Let's go not in the front several rows. Let's go somebody in the in the latter part of the, uh, of the, the sanctuary here. Everybody starts to look down. Okay, you know I will call on you. So you better look up, okay? Don't be oh, uh, let me oh, I think I got a text message. If you did, then decline that, all right. What is that? Swipe left. Is that what you do? I always forget which one is right and left. But there you go. All right, here we go. Let's go ahead and get somebody to introduce themselves there. All right, here you go. Yes, you right there. We're going, yeah, no, no, we go. We, she knows who I'm talking to. Yeah, you girl, you know. What you see is what you get. I appreciate that. I don't think I've ever heard that. Let me introduce myself. This is what you get. There you go. Brenda Mabry, she says she was a wife and a mother of three, right? Or four, actually. Yep, four kids there, and so three are in uh, in the audience here. Now, did you notice some trends here? We always introduce ourselves with our name, right? And it's something to give a description of some sort. Whether it be our age, whether it be what we do, I'm a student, or uh, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a wife, I'm, I'm a mother. Uh, you know, these are the things that we identify with, right? As we introduce ourselves, we think, well, if I'm to introduce myself, I have to give this information because that is what I identify with. So that's my identity. And so a lot of that is really good. Sometimes that can be bad, can it? Especially when we have some subconscious things that we might not pronounce, but we believe, and it affects us. Because maybe we've had hard times in life, or maybe we've had some traumas in our past, or maybe we've heard some things, and so therefore we believe we are those things, and that's our identity, even though we might not express that. You guys get what I'm saying? And so here is the thing here. We're talking about belonging to God. So if we belong to God then that means our true identity is defined by God. You see, if you belong to God, especially if you have crossed over from being God's creation to now being God's child, then your identity is defined by God. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Do you grasp that? Let's get into the scriptures, amen? Turn over in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Here's our main point here for today. You see, God defines our true identity. God defines, determines, shapes, forms our true identity. In Ephesians chapter 2, Let's read, and this is we we looked at Ephesians chapter one last uh, last week, and so again to remind people, this this man named Paul, he used to persecute Christians, and he was really anti Christianity. He then becomes a Christian through an encounter with Jesus, and then he goes and becomes a leader in the Christian church, and then dies after being persecuted for his proclamation that jesus is the one and only messiah and so he's writing to this church in ephesus and, and really as you see in chapters one and two we saw a little bit already last week but we didn't talk about it too much is that he really starts to shape and help the church here understand their identity in these first two chapters. And again, the Bible wasn't written with chapters, but it's helpful for us as we're able to go and find scriptures. And so in these first two chapters, he's really helping remind or maybe inform or reinform them of their true identity in Christ. Let's go ahead and let's read here. As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is not at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. We're going to jump on over to verse 11 for the sake of time. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles, that means non-Jews. And so uh, and so again, so that would probably apply to probably about 98 percent of us here. Um, therefore, remember that formerly you are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done by the body of human hands. So so pretty much to give you know some context here. So so again, to become and one of the, the trademarks or actually to. Maybe even convert to uh, uh, being a part, uh, to being a Jew in in the Old Testament during that time, uh, uh, males would be circumcised. And so as a nation, they were considered, hey, we're the circumcision, we're the circumcised. Everybody else, you're the non-circumcised ones. You guys are the uncircumcised. And so there was this clear break in, in, in between us and them. You guys get what I'm saying here? And so he goes on in verse 12. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded. From citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We continue, jumping on down to verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. And also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We'll stop right there. As you can see here as he goes and and he's uh, uh, instructing the church here and and he, he has this before and after imagery throughout. Did you see that? He says, hey, here's what you once were. You are dead spiritually in your sins. Those who are Gentiles, you guys were excluded from all of God's promises and excluded from God's covenant. He says, but really all of us, all the Jews in here too, we were just like everybody else as well the way we lived. So there's really no difference. There's no us, us and them when it comes spiritually and he says but that's who you once were and then there's that that but in Christ Jesus and you see again here that's who you were but this is who you are now and again we see as we talked about last week we we see clearly that again everyone belongs to God because God created everyone However, not everyone is God's child. We must go from being God's creation to God's children. And we see this throughout. He's like, hey, what's before? Yeah, you guys were excluded. You guys didn't have the rights. You you didn't have the blessings. You, You weren't in a right relationship with God. But then you crossed over and became cherished, beloved, and became his children. And it says that sin, and we know sin creates a disconnect between us and our creator. And that's what happens. We're created by God, but then our sin, our choices, we're around the world, we get influenced, we start following the ways of this world, and guess what? We stay creation, but the creation gets murky. It becomes faded. It no longer looks like the image bearer it used to be or was designed to be. And that's that sin, so now there's this disconnect. But through Christ... The creation can be redeemed and become who we were created to be. And so again, there was this before, and now there's the present and the future. And this was always God's plan and his character, that in love, he would extend grace to his creation so they could be fully adopted into his family. Church, are you with me here? And so, again, let's get back to this idea here of identity. What is he saying? He says, hey, your identity before has changed. Who you once were, who you identified with, how you would introduce yourself, that's no longer the same. You are different. You are now something else. Now, in Christ, you have your true identity. And your new identity is what you were created to become. So let me ask you guys this question, and again, we've been doing this for the last several weeks, wanting to engage in discussion with one another because we're doing this intentionally because we really want what God is ministering to us to really not just be on the surface but to start to penetrate into our souls and start to produce a conviction that would change even our lives. You guys get what I'm saying? And so I want to ask this question because I think this is a very important question, and this is this. Why do you think having a biblical understanding of your identity may be important? Let me give you guys a couple of minutes here to go ahead with the people around you and answer this question. Again, those who are online, go ahead and type in the chat your answer to why do you think having a biblical understanding of your identity may be important? All right. Let's get a couple of people to share what maybe they share or maybe what your your, your the, the partner with you shared and so let's go ahead and get a, a couple hands to to share there stephen go ahead okay so so it's important to have a biblical understanding because i'm sorry just i'm trying to make sure I summarize it well. Re- repeat the last part there again okay how better it is to know who i am through his word in the scriptures okay cool thank you stephen come on all right there you go all right who is that right there is that carrie go ahead Having this biblical understanding helps us to have a deeper relationship with God and a deeper faith. There, okay, awesome, that's great. I appreciate that. Who is that right there? I can't tell what the mess. Oh, Nellie, what's up, girl? You're here with us. Come on, all right. Okay, she says you can attach your identity to other things. There, right? However, when you have a biblical understanding, it's now identity is attached to God. I think I think that's that. A good job there. Okay, good, awesome. All right, all right, Nellie, we'll go one more. Nellie, I saw you at the, at the event last Friday, too, rocking and rolling, so I'm glad for our OC Professional Seagulls event. Yeah, 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 that was great. Okay, when well, we have a biblical understanding, we have a full understanding of who we are. These other things, mother, father, student, whatever, these are part of it, but we get the full understanding of our identity. Awesome. I want us to go ahead and uh, look at a clip when I think of this idea of identity and knowing our identity or returning to our true identity. And it's from the uh, best Disney movie ever, The Lion King. All right, so we're going to show a clip from Lion King. If you haven't seen the Lion King, shame on you. I think the thing is 30 years old, okay, all right? And so I don't care about spoiling it for you because it's 30 years old. You got to go ahead and watch it, all right? So we're going to go ahead and show this clip here. I will do a quick summary. Simba is the son of Mufasa. He's the king there. However, Simba has lost his ways, and he's no longer amongst the, 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 the uh, uh, pride lands that he's supposed to be the, the king of. He's now hanging out with, uh, what is it, Timba and? Uh, what is it? Pomone and Tumba. How you say his name? Say it again, say it again. Timon and Pumba. I said Pumba and somebody else. Timon and Pumba, right? There you go, Timon and Pumba, all right, there you go. So he's living with those guys, no longer living like a king, and then we take up in this clip right here. Let's go ahead. <laughs> creepy little monkey. Will you stop following me? <sighs> who are you? The question is, who are you? I thought I knew. Now I'm not so sure. Well, I know who you are. Shh, come here. It's a secret. Uh, <laughs> enough already. What is that supposed to mean, anyway? It means you're a baboon. And I'm not. <laughs> I think you're a little confused. Wrong. I'm not the one who's confused. You don't even know who you are. Oh, and I suppose you know. Sure do. You'll move faster, boy. Huh? Bye. Hey, wait! You knew my father? Correction, I know your father. I hate to tell you this, but he died a long time ago. Nope! Wrong again! Ha ha ha! alive. And I'll show him to you. You follow old Rafiki. He knows the way. Come on. That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. You have become you must take your place in the circle of life how can i go back i'm not who i used to be remember who you are you are my son and the one true king remember who you are no And so we see in this clip here, Simba has lost his way, isn't he? Even his father's like, hey, you, 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 you no longer remember me. He's like, no, I do. He goes, no, you, you forgot who you were, who you were destined to be. And I think all of us, at some point, we are like Simba, in which we no longer aligned with our creator anymore and so therefore we have forgotten our identity or we become a Christian and then we start to lose who we are or we believe other things about ourselves and just like Simba we're not living like the royalty that we should and therefore our lives aren't what they were created to be But God is reminding you and me the importance of having a biblical understanding of our identity. You see, when we don't, it can affect our view of ourselves. We can have a misguided view. We can think we are not the, you know, even using the lion king there. He's a lion, but he was never living like a lion. He wasn't eating or, or doing anything like a lion should. And so we can have this wrong view of ourselves. And so therefore, we think we are not royalty in the family of God we can have a negative view we can believe the things that the world or maybe people have told us a teacher a friend a a, a, a former boyfriend girlfriend a parent whatever the case may be and therefore we have this negative view of who we are so therefore we attach ourselves to that and that's our identity then it affects our behavior well I'm supposed to do this because that's what I am Right? And so our identity affects our present and it directs our future. When we have a biblical understanding, it affects our present and it directs our future. You see, because the world is working overtime to convince us to, to, to subscribe to a false identity. Turn on the TV. Turn on your, 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 your uh, social media, turn on your, your, your uh, Spotify or A- iTunes, whatever it is, movies, social media feeds, Reddit articles, and so on. We are supposed to be this type of person because that's what I've been told. That's what is sold to me. And so our value and our identity is based on things that aren't truly our true identity. Our value and our identity can be based on things that, yes, we are made of, like our race. And so our value and our identity can be based on our gender. It can be based on our socioeconomic status, our residence, our life stage. Now, these things are all part of our makeup, but as Natalie said, that's not our full identity. But again, if we don't have a biblical understanding, then we could just go ahead and minimize our identity and only have partial understanding, which again affects our views of ourselves and affects our behavior, which affects our lives and the lives we come in contact with. You see, our true identity, if you're a follower of Jesus, your true identity is you are a child of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, your identity is not shaped by the world but it's shaped by God through Christ. You see, who we are is not determined by what we do. Who we are is not determined by the things that happen to us. No, it is determined by the one we belong to. You see, God created us. Therefore, God knows you more deeply more intimately and completely than you even know yourself. And so if anyone is qualified to properly label you and shape your identity, to tell you who who you are, it's only God. He's the only voice that has the right to define you. And how does he define you? Well, let's go ahead and let's look. And how God defines his people. Check this out. This is just the ones that I could come up with, and I know I'm missing several more. But if you're a follower of Jesus, here's what how God defines you. Here's who he says who you are and what your true identity is. You belong to him. You are made in his image. That means you are our image bearer of the creator. You are the light and salt of the world. You're a disciple, a fisher of people. It means going out and participating in his good work, redeeming work. You're a child of God. You are redeemed. You're considered a friend, a servant of the most high, a saint. That's right. If you're a follower of Jesus, guess what? You're a saint. You're like, I ain't no saint. Did you see what I did last night? Well, maybe you aren't living like a saint, but you're a saint. Slave of righteousness. Heirs with Christ. Again, when we become a part of God's family, we are now heirs with Christ. We're part of the royal family. We are more than conquerors. We're not defeated. We're accepted. We're part of God's spiritual temple. We're members of the body of Christ. We're a new creation. We're ambassadors, co-workers, his workmanship, part of his household, children of light, citizens of heaven, chosen and loved, royal priest, holy, God's people, and special possession, and born again. This is who you are by God. This is who you are if you're a follower of Jesus, all these things, and then some. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Do you grasp that? Are you living like this is true? I don't know about you, but I read this and it hits me. Does this strike you? Does knowing this, knowing this reality, does it potentially have the opportunity to help you? Are you motivated at all? You see, when we understand who we belong to, we will believe God's plans and purposes and we will become who God created us to be. It's why it's so important that we go to God's word, we go to God in prayer, we go to each other to be reminded this is who we are. I don't care what anybody else says. This, if you are a child of God, this is who you are. You are loved and accepted by the God most high. You are redeemed. He thinks you are special. Your mama maybe your cousin they might not think you're special but God does. He says you're my people. You are a saint, you are holy. You belong to me, you're my image bearer. You're my child. You're my co-worker. We're going at this together to redeem the world. I don't care what anybody else says about you. They're totally wrong. And somebody told me I was a tall white guy so you crazy. But who I am is I'm a child of God. Who you are, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. I'm gonna say it again. You're a child of God. Yes, you may be tall, short, black, white, Hispanic, whatever, but it's just part of your makeup. You're a child of God. Most and importantly, that's it. This should do something to our souls. This should do something to our souls. It should have us more rooted and grounded and feel secure. I can walk into my high school and say, yes, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I know I'm protected. I belong to him. I can share my faith in class. I can share my faith with my neighbor. Why? Because I belong to the most high. And guess what? He loves me. I'm adored by him. Uh, I get out of line sometimes, but man, he's gracious. You are a child of God. This is your true identity. And so what should we do? Well, I believe we, gotta, we need to remember and trust. Remember who God is. Remember that God is your creator. And if you're a follower of Jesus, that means God is your father. And what is God? We know he's good, he's faithful, he's patient, he's gracious, he's powerful, he's wise. God is love. That's your dad. And when we remember who God is, then we can remember who we are. That's where we learn from Simba. Hey, hey! Remember who your dad is. Remember whose son you are. Hey, we even sang that song earlier. You're a good, good father. Where are the lines? You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. I'm, I'm trying out. I'm trying out. I might not make the cut. But what does it say? It's who you are and I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. Because you're a good, good father and you're my dad, then guess what? I'm loved by you and that's who I am. Oh boy, oh boy. If if the spirit ain't moving, then you're dead today. See, again, this is why we need to remember we need to remember who is God. That's who we belong to. Then that means I'm loved, I'm chosen, I'm beloved. Oh my goodness, this is awesome. This affects my worldview. This affects my personal view of myself. This affects my confidence when I walk out this room. This affects my relationships. This affects my mission and purpose in life. Church, are you with me? He's a good, good father. the song says you are loved by him that's who you are that's not a part of you that's not just something about you that's who you are and after we remember this then we trust him we trust his word we trust hey if that's who you are and that's who I am then I can freely trust and that's our problem for most of us right it's like I kind of get who God is but I don't know if I can trust him Can I really trust in one of my finances? Can I really be like Tuan? Can I reevaluate and give sacrificially? I don't know if I can trust you. So therefore, we have insecurity and, and, and different things, and then we go to bad choices, and our lives are a wreck, and we're no longer bearing the image of God. But when we remember who he is, then it's called for a step of faith that's called trust. You know what? If that's who you are, I'm going to trust your word then. Your word says you're going to take care of me. Your word says you're going to protect. Your word says you're going to bless. You're going to help me overcome this situation. You're going to help my brothers and sisters overcome this situation. You're going to redeem people through the church. We can trust that he'll bless, protect, he'll guide, he'll lead, he'll support, he'll strengthen, he'll parent us. That he'll love us and he will always follow through. We can trust that he's not lying, nor is he exaggerating in his word when he tells us who we are and who our identity is. We can trust that. Some of us go, yeah, maybe, but I don't think that might be true. No, 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 no. no. If we remember who God is, then we can trust who he is and what he says about you and how he feels about you. Because I know I can doubt and I can forget. And I I can allow other things to, to, to attach myself and to identify myself with. This is why it's so important that we go to God's word. I appreciate that, Stephen. We need to go to God's word to be reminded of who we are. Where do Rafiki do? Hey, come on, man. Let's go to this pool here. Let's look at the water here and see the reflection of who you really are. Well, guess what? The Bible says that the word is like a mirror. So when we go to that mirror, we get an understanding of who we are really, truly reflecting. Church, are you with me? You didn't know you could get all that from Lion King, did you? And so this is why it's so important we gather together. This is why it's so important we have relationships. I'm so grateful for the relationships in my life. I'm so grateful because if I don't meet up with the people that are involved in my life, I'm going to start to forget who my identity really is. This is why we have what we call discipleship time or, or discipleship groups where we get together and we talk about our lives, but what is this? It's shaping us and reforming us to get back to who we were created to be. I feel so sad for some of us who don't engage in this. It's like, wow, you're missing out. You're being like Simba just walking off and living not the royal king life that you should, but you're living, eating all this other garbage, living like Timba and Pumba, whatever their names are. I probably messed it up again. And I've seen the movie about a hundred times because of my kids. But this is why it's so important that you and I engage with one another. Church, are you hearing what I'm saying? This is why it's so important that we have what we call personal devotional times, what we call quiet times. Because I get a chance to go to his word. I get a chance to remember who he is. He starts to affect my view, my day, my life, and then my daily choices. And I live in a way in which I was designed to live as his royal chosen beloved child. Let's get real practical here. I went longer than I wanted to, all right? I told you the spirit was moving. Who was that in the pre-meeting today? I said, there you go. Let's have some action steps this week. And I have an expectation because I believe God has an expectation that we don't just talk about this, but this becomes something that we incorporate into our lives this week. And so if you're not taking notes or taking little pictures of the screen or whatever, do it so right now because I encourage you. To not just let this be head stuff that you hear on a Sunday, but allow God to minister to you Monday through next Sunday and start to produce a change in your life. And so, yes, that's an admonishment, an encouragement right there. And so here's the action step this week. For many of us, I, want to, I encourage you to discover. Discover who your potential identity in Jesus Christ is. So if you are not a follower of Jesus, again, we talked about all these things, but again, that applies to those who are followers of Jesus. You say, I don't know how to become one. Let's get together and study the Bible. You say, I'm trying to make this decision about it. Well, let's talk about it, and let's see who God designed you to be. Let's get into the Word. So that applies to many of us here today. Go ahead and discover through the Scriptures on your potential identity. And then for many others of us, I encourage you and challenge you, to go ahead and meditate this week, to go over one of the identity verses each day and meditate on it. So you know what, let's go back here. I'll go ahead and give you a chance to go ahead and see this. So go ahead and take your picture if you don't, all right? Take your picture right there. And I want to encourage you, go ahead and just take one this week, one a day each week, and meditate on it. Meditate on this reality of who you are in Christ. I guess if you're online, I don't know, you do a screenshot or something, take take a picture or something. I don't know how you would do all that, but go ahead. You can figure it out. And so let's recap here. God defines our identity, our response to remember and to trust. Right now we're going to take communion where we remember Jesus' sacrifice upon the cross The emblems representing his blood and body that was sacrificed for us. And in Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to go back. We, We skipped it. But it says this. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with his commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility he came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who were near for through him we both have access to the father by one spirit let's pray father we thank you that because of Jesus we can call you father we thank you that through your scriptures we can Discover who we truly are. Thank you for calling us to be your children. Thank you for believing us. Thank you for your mercy, your patience, and your grace allowing us to respond to the cross. And God, we thank you so much that it was Jesus that provided the opportunity, provided the avenue for us to have this standing with you and got to learn that our identity is is, is, is an image bearer of you, the most high, the creator. Thank you that he came and died upon the cross, allowing us not to suffer, but allowing us to have peace with you and have peace with each other. Thank you for for defining our true identity. I pray we can remember the cross that enables us to have this. We can remember who you are and therefore remember who we are. And God, we can trust you with our lives. You are good. You're a good, good father. Thank you for loving us. For that's who we are. That's who we are. In the name of Jesus, amen.